When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. More blasted rhetoric from the Banana Republic for people who think capital punishment isn't going nearly far enough. (laughs) Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. It looks like the Daily Mail is at it again. Not content with talking Michael Gove into outlawing wood-burning stove, they're now on a crusade to reform the House of Lords. Trouble is, I actually agree with them, even though they're doing it for all the wrong reasons. Just because they're overwhelmingly anti-Brexit isn't a good enough reason to change the laws, but the fact that there's too many of them, that they're way overpaid and are apparently unaccountable to anyone else is definitely a problem for me. Isn't it time we did completely overhaul the House of Lords, just like Paul Dacre and the Daily Mail want? Oh, Three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Coming up later on in the show, we're asking why we've become such an ill-mannered country, and I'll be trying to find out just exactly what a water deficit is. Apparently, it's not a shortage, but it is drought season again. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. As if that's not enough, we'll be wondering why anyone would need a smart fridge that talks to them. Never mind smart traffic lights. Apparently, the fridge is going to start telling you what to do as well. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, and Casey Perrier on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Christina, a very good morning to you. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for uh, for coming on the show. What exactly uh, is the point of this booklet? Is there is there a war that you know about and we don't? <laughs> no, it's absolutely not about uh, any war situation. Uh, we are informing uh, our Swedish population uh, what can happen if there is a war threat uh, in this booklet uh, that we will send out next week uh, during our national emergency preparedness campaign. But the focus in the booklet is instead, uh, what would you do if your everyday life was turned upside down? Mm. You know, like... Uh, an emergency can result in society not functioning in the way we are used to. So right. that's the main focus. But I mean, you know, I suppose that might be the case if there was a massive hurricane or a tsunami or, you know, some kind of natural disaster. But but other other than that, there's not really very many things that can go wrong, are there? <laughs> I think uh, there are quite many things that can really? go on. Uh, yeah, especially in a country like Sweden and most Western countries where we are extremely uh, dependent on uh, electric supply. We are uh, extremely dependent on important IT systems for the whole society to work. So 
if there are disruptions, uh, for example, in important data systems, we may have big problems. Uh, so we want people to um, to be prepared to handle a situation where uh, no, society's normal services are not working as they usually do. Now, this is quite an expensive way to go about doing things. I mean, how much does this booklet cost? How much? Yeah. Uh, well, in Swedish crowns, uh, you have to translate it into uh, written dollars. I don't know. But in Swedish crowns, about uh, 20 million Swedish crowns. That sounds like a lot. I don't know what the translation is, but it sounds like a lot. <laughs> now, we can do these things on the Internet now. We can send text messages to people. We can you know, talk, talk to them via Twitter and Facebook and other things. Why did you feel the need to produce a booklet for every single household in Sweden? Well, actually, Sweden has a tradition of using this channel. Uh, we had a mass distribution of this kind of booklet uh, last time was uh, actually in 1961, uh, but now we are picking it up again because our government has assigned us the MSB to do this. And uh, we are also talking about what can happen if Internet goes down. You're, we are very important to get information of everything on the Internet. So even though Internet goes down, you have this important information in this booklet. So that's that's two reasons. Historically back that we are, have a tradition of this kind of mass distribution uh, but also if the internet goes down you, you still can can have your uh, important information in the booklet yes because of course i mean we did live for many many years and probably decades and maybe even centuries without the internet uh, but you also recommend uh, keeping non-perishable food in the house mm-hmm. things like pre-cooked mm. lentils sardines ravioli mm. pasta i mean are you suggesting everybody should have that all the time in their cupboard uh, well, it depends uh, where you live. I think people in uh, in bigger cities and towns, they are used to, you know, go to the grocery store almost every day. If you live on the countryside where you have several kilometers to the closest grocery store, I think you have, uh, you might have a better storage of, of foodstuffs and so on. But it, so it depends. Uh, I think people in big cities are more vulnerable than people on the countryside. I think that's that, that's right. Do you not think that maybe, though, some people could accuse you of scaremongering in terms of the fact that it's quite a scary prospect to get this through your front door and people will be worried now? You know, mental illness is on the rise. They'll be worried about things they don't need necessarily to worry about. Well, we have, um, in the early planning of this booklet, we tested an early version of the booklet uh, on 10 different focus groups. And we have also made, uh, we have also asked more than 2,000 persons uh, during last autumn about what they think about this kind of information, what they think about getting a booklet in their mailbox with this kind of information. And actually, most people answered that they think that this information is important they don't know where they can get it anywhere else uh, so um, and, and they think that getting a, a booklet in their own mailbox is actually a very good idea and we also uh, think that if uh, the problem is when when people don't have the knowledge or the right information or useful concrete information about how what can happen, how can it affect my daily life, what can I do to prepare myself and my loved ones. I think if you have the, this lack of information, that creates anxiety and, and may 
make people feel some kind of fear, yeah. maybe. So, it's a pretty so, happy yeah. country generally, though, Sweden, isn't it? We always hear in, in this country that, that the Scandinavian <laughs> countries, people are much happier, you know, they have much better school systems, they have much better, um, you know, pricing structures for, for tax and all the rest of it, and the hospitals mm-hmm. are much better. It's a pretty happy country, isn't it? Well, I don't know all about that, but uh, we used to, well, still Sweden are, even though we are now sending out this booklet uh, about these questions, Sweden are still a very secure and safe country to live in. And there are no immense threats. That's not why we are distributing this booklet. But uh, uh, compared to many other countries, still Sweden is a safe and, and, um, if you so will, happy country to live in. Indeed. Well, listen, Christina, good luck with it all and make sure you have plenty of uh, lentils and, and uh, you know, other things. And I would recommend a few bottles of wine as well, just in case of emergency. <laughs> yeah, that might be a good idea. <laughs> I think it would be, yes. Way. Thank you very much indeed. Christina Anderson, uh, project manager for the booklet uh, of how to say, stay safe in the event of an emergency. I mean, I suppose, you know, it's no terrible thing to tell people that, uh, that there's something that you should prepare for. But I think you're right. People would tend to panic when they're in this they country. They do. They'd be like, what are what they not telling us? Yeah, well, you know, what kind what, of things do they know the about? Exactly. What does the government know that we don't know? And, they're trying you know. to prep us for something that yeah. we don't know about. And I think that people will become quite worried and quite scared. Uh, Sean says, why do we need a second chamber when there are already Tory and Labour MPs in the Commons who ignore and vote against the manifesto they stood on at the general election? Which is a pretty good point. Yeah. Uh, and here's one from Phil. The House of Lords does need reforming as unelected and way too many of them. Agree with Katie, you may then get third-rate elected lords. I want experts in there from business and industry and ex-top people from public service, etc. People who have real knowledge in the key areas of society. That's exactly right. That's well, exactly that's, my point. Yeah, but that all sounds like a great theory. Unfortunately, though, um, it's patronage in the end. And unfortunately, people will abuse that system because if it's down to the leader of the opposition, uh, the leader of the, of, of the government to make recommendations, Right, and political parties to make recommendations. Of course, you're going to give a reward to somebody who's given you loads of money. But you're wrong in terms of when you say that I don't want wrong. reform because I do what? want reform. You said earlier several times, yeah. I don't want to see reform of the House of Lords. I want reform in yeah. the way that they are appointed there. Right. What I don't want right. is well, elected well, second chamber. Would, well, all right. Well, what would Katie Perry's reform of the House of Lords look like? Quite possibly, I would see a crossbench uh, selection of people that are appointing people not on party political uh, background or donations. You know, hundreds of thousands of pounds given to the Conservative Party. They you go, you get your knighthood or you get your, your your place in the House of Lords in return. Instead, I'd want a panel of experts. You change that panel every couple of years. So therefore, you get that fresh panel of people that are looking out there and saying, you know what, we would really benefit as a nation yeah. to have that expert in that line of business, science, pharmaceuticals, you know, all technology, uh, the care and the arts and uh, creative arts sectors. You know, we get those people in and um, we get an independent panel choosing them rather than leaving it to the prime minister or the leader of the opposition. But yeah. what I don't want... But we'd have to somehow check. Can you imagine someone knocking on your door? Someone knocking on your door and saying, hello, madam, I know you've been really, really um, you know, snowed under right now yeah. and everybody's canvassing for your vote for the next election that's mm. coming up. Elections, by the way, cost £75 million pounds every yeah. time we have one. Well, why can't yeah. you just Could tick you... another box for the Lords well, as you, know, you do for the Well, you know, knocking on your door saying, I'd like to your, your vote on selecting me uh, for the House of Lords. You know, I don't want any more of these people. I don't want any more choices. Uh, I just need people to govern, and I need something else, which is a check and balance, to make sure they don't make bad laws. Uh-huh. We can create that without having elections. Yeah, one. but we can have elections, and we can have more than one person to vote for on an electoral ballot. There's no difficulty with that. Let's go to the phones. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I'm saying uh, let's get rid of the House of Lords as it is and reform it into something that actually works better. Nick is in Croydon. Hi, Nick. Oh, hi, Nick. Hello, Mike. Yeah, hi. What would you morning. like to say, Nick? Morning to you. I think the idea of an elected house, House of Lords, doesn't work because the people 
who are who a good campaign to get elected and the funding that does make going out and meeting people, making speeches, getting media attention and all that. To actually get elected, you need the backing of, of one of the major political parties. And that means the members who actually get elected are simply second-rate MPs. Absolutely. So I agree entirely it shouldn't be elected in that way. There are plenty of ways you can uh, change the current House House of Lords. I think you shouldn't, for example, go go straight from the Commons to the Lords. I think it's a bit daft in this day and age. Bishop, for example, is all automatically a member of. Yes, the House I agree of with Lords. that. I agree with that because why should a bishop suddenly be imbued with all this great sort of wisdom and knowledge and and you know uh, a complete and utter important role uh, in the political process? I don't think they they deserve it. No, I entirely agree. I think you should resign political parties on on adjoining the uh, the, House, the House of Lords. I want the House of Lords to be a separate, in independent chamber, looking at uh, legislation coming up from from the House the House of Commons. Sure. And currently, if you're um, a member of a, a political party, you simply can't do that. Effectively. Because you're no. whipped, because aren't you? You're whipped, yeah. You're told... Well, I mean, I've got a very good tweet here from a senior who says, uh, come on, uh, Mike, there are plenty of lords who've stood up in debates and said blocking Brexit legislation is their best hope of preventing Britain leaving the EU. They are being mendacious, claiming anything else. And I think that's true, Nick, isn't it? Yes, I guess. There was a guy on on LBC, the uh, co Co-Brigier. Uh, co say that on here. I'll say LBC. <laughs> Fella, and and uh, he is a House of Lords member, and he said explicitly they are trying to do a block Brexit, and that's not what it's there for. Right. It's a political. So no, they mustn't do it. But what would you do, Nick? How would you how would you reform it as such? I mean, you've already said you would do away with sort of political parties as such in the House of Lords. Would you make it a lot smaller of a number as well? I think it should be the same the same size of of the uh, uh, Commons. Okay. I think we should balance it out with genders. I think we should balance it out to reflect the uh, wider country in terms of people there, so you could balance it out with the ethnic uh, groupings. I see no reason why there shouldn't be a representative of the C of E, but similarly the Islamic faith or Sikh faith yeah. or Hindu faith or whatever. Just make it more reflective of our actual society. And maybe... So you wouldn't have an elected chamber then? You would prefer to appoint people? Yes, I would. OK. All right. Well, listen, it's a perfectly good point. Nick, thank you very much indeed. 0344 499 You see, I don't think it will ever change, Katie, unless it is elected. And I, and I take your point that elections cost money uh, and you don't necessarily want loads of people knocking on your door to try and get your vote. But I believe, for example, that you could devise a system uh, whereby you could tick a box, not necessarily for an individual, but, say, for a party. But you know, I'm not against having political parties in the House of Lords and let it be more representative. Like, let's have the situation where, for example, when UKIP got four million votes uh, but hardly hardly any representation, well, no representation in the House of Commons at all, you could reflect that in the House of Lords. You could give... UKIP, that particular share of the vote, in the House of Lords and give them a number of seats. But what I worry about, though, is that in pursuit of democracy, 
you think that it's an idealistic kind of setup. And what you're going to have, the reality of it, you, what you're really going to have is the people that have come from the world of business or anywhere else and decide, you know, they earn quite a lot of money yeah. and it's an honour bestowed upon them to go into the House of Lords and they will do it. They are never going to go and chase votes because they aren't that kind of person. They don't want to go away from the business world to suddenly go into the grubby world of chasing votes. Yeah. So you're not going to get the quality and the talent into your second chamber in the way that you could possibly attract them now because it's an honour currently, okay? Whether or not it's good and whether or not it's the way that, that has... Yeah, but it's been... a bit of a closed shop as well, isn't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, it's a closed shop. I mean, you shop. can't get they into it. You ain't going to get me in there. For, no, exactly. You know, for love nor money. But the point is, I'm not going to get in there, whereas I, if I was able to stand for election to get in there, then I would. It's, it's, but, but you've got the commons for that. You don't need the lords for that. What I'm trying to say is we already have that system in place. Why the hell do we want to create another one? We need somewhere where people can go because there is, you know, they are respected within their, their current profession or, or not, you know, not necessarily a profession at all in terms of the creativity. You know, the poet laureate, whatever, could be someone that you know, goes in there. I don't know. What I'm trying to say is that I don't Maybe think... Maybe Paul Weller could go in there as well. He's quite a good poet. Well, actually, when you've had a, a whole career in broadcasting uh, or, you know, in the arts or... Or, uh, so in, I could in pop, go in there, pop music, mean? quite possibly. Yeah, you know, but I'm the, all for that. But the point is, I want a 305 quid a day. We don't want another elected chamber where people. Well, hold on a minute, you're here every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say there's a bargain. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's a lot less than I. It's a lot less than I get now. <laughs> so, 30 year old Michael Rotondo, right, has just been served with an eviction notice to move out of his parents' place. Apparently, they've offered him 800 quid or the equivalent thereof, uh, and given him some free advice on how to get him find, get him find himself a job. Uh, and it's now going to the um, uh, Onondaga County Supreme Court <laughs> because <laughs> apparently he's taking it further up the line because he doesn't want to move out. Uh, on the seventh of May, he got the uh, he got the uh, move out to the eviction notice, and uh, they've been they say it's the only way they can get their own son out of their house in upstate New York, Syracuse. This Unbelievable, is ridiculous. Right? You know what? I'd sell up. I'd sell up. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. And leave them in there for the new owners and go, <laughs> look what you inherited. Yeah. Now, but what, but what we do know, though, is that there's loads and loads of kids who are over the age of consent, over the age of 20. Uh, Sam's one of them. He's 24. Still lives with his parents, right? Still yeah. lives with his dad. Yeah. Loads of them in this office, I'm sure, uh, can't be bothered to move out because it's nice and cosy. You get the washing done. You know, they get their meals cooked. And they don't get paid home, enough. And they, and they, well, it's not quite whether they get paid enough. I mean, I didn't get paid much when I was young, but I, want, I didn't want to live with my parents anymore. But that's my whole point. 
the price of your property Rubbish. to I didn't go and buy rent or buy. No, I wouldn't rent it. or buy was cheaper well, then than way. it is now. You can find a way. You can rent a place with other people. You can share a room with someone. There's any number there's of things people you in can this do. office that are buying, sharing rooms yeah. are actually uh, renting a room in a house. Yeah. And they're paying £900. Some of them don't even like each other. £900 just for that room. Yeah, well, that's not my fault, is it? No, but, but it's not your fault, your but, you still, but it is your fault if you're going to carry no, on criticising you've got them. to stand on your own two feet. But we sent our reporter, Alex Dibble, out to ask people what they thought uh, of this actual story and asked them when they moved out of their parents' home. It's incredibly hard for younger people to move out now. Mortgages and everything are harder to get. I wouldn't sue them. I couldn't do that. They might sue me. <laughs> In terms of suing, you know, that's a bit extreme. You know, I'm pretty sure there's other ways around it. I haven't moved out. How old are you at the moment? 34. If my parents asked me to move out, I'd move out. It's a bit extreme, really. But that's probably just because, you know, I didn't move out until I was um, 36. But as I say, if you're not working and, you know, they probably want their life back. At 30, it's <laughs> a possibility. <laughs> Get out, because you're not, you know, contributing, you're not doing that, you know what I mean? Get out. <laughs> I think fair enough if I was 30, absolutely. Absolutely fair enough if I was 30. Can't be that hard to get a job in New York, do you know what I mean? So yeah, I'm with the parents, I think. <laughs> See, there's a so, woman there, so I didn't move out until I was 36. <laughs> 36, I had, I had two, two kids. kids. I had two kids, I've been married for nine years. Yeah, that, that is ridiculous. ridiculous. Now, what is, okay, said, what is the age I hadn't then? moved out until I to 34. Well, I would say the age is about 18. When you go Shut to, up. No, you go to university when you're 18. Not right? everybody goes to university. Well, if you don't go to university, you still get out. 18 is far doing? too young. No, what are you doing living with your parents when you're 24? Sam, right, who's pushing the buttons on this show today and most of this week. And he's going to cut you off still, in a minute. <laughs> he's still, well, he could do, yeah, he's got the power. He has got uh, the nerve to say to his parents or his dad, at the very least, I'm going to just hang around at home. I bet you any money, and I'm going to ask him now, Sam, do you get them to do your washing? I, well, yes, they do it. They do your washing. I didn't ask it. They just do it. Do they cook your meals? Yeah. Do you pay rent? Ugh. No. You don't so, pay anything. No. You know, no oh, wonder man. he's always out on the on the turps. You know, because he doesn't have any expenses. Do you have? Are you saving do you your money? To the I am, council yes. tax. Hey. Do you pay for council tax, Sam? No. So you don't pay anything to live at home. No. See that? See that's wrong. For and me. are they doing that? I presume because they want when, you to. When are you help planning you to move out? Um, I did, and I moved back. Why? Because, well, I couldn't afford to buy anywhere else afterwards because I was. I bought one with someone else, and afterwards I realised I can't do it. You say you, you, you did buy a house? Yes. And, but and what happened to that? It, I broke up with said person. All oh, right. Well, you gave her the house? Well, she was living in it for while I wasn't. You see, you got that wrong as well. You should have taken at least half of it. Anyway, let's talk to Stuart, who is Sam's dad, right? Uh, Stuart, very good uh, morning to you. Welcome. Hi, Stuart. Good morning, good morning. Now, how is it possible that a 24-year-old man who is perfectly capable of, of working in a quite a skilled job here at Talk Radio... Uh, doesn't pay anything towards his upkeep, doesn't uh, uh, make his own food, doesn't even wash his own clothes. Yeah, some, some of the circumstances need clarifying, but um, I, th- I, think, I think it's so difficult these days for the youngsters to get started. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. It's, um, you know, especially when they come out of university and they've got that, they've got that debt. Um, my stance on it is, is renting is definitely not the way forward because if you go into rented accommodation, you're never going to, you have to save some money to, to, to buy at the end of the day. So Yeah, but it's not I, the end of the world to live in rented accommodation, is it? No, no, no. But if you're, if you're paying, I mean, you know, if you're living in London, you're paying a substantial amount of money to rent even a room. And if you're, if you're paying that, then you're not saving any money to be able to afford it. Have you given him a deadline up. as to when he has to get out? No, no. Um, Stuart, do, do, you mean, like having him, do you like having him around? Do we say again? Do you like having him around the house? Yeah, I, I, I think honestly, yes, I do. Um, 
Well, he's a very, he's a, he's a good, he's a very nice guy, Stuart. I mean, that's not the issue. But the issue no, is, is you are, you are mollycoddling him to the point where no, he will, he will not know how to fend for himself. I think the thing, although he's done that, though, he's been he's been away from home uh, twice, once at university and yeah. once he has bought his own place. Right. I mean, I I got a leg up from my parents when I started off in life. I I, I, I was uh, paying I was paying rent to my my fam, uh, to my parents. Well, they they should charge um, him some know, rent at least. Well, no, I tell you, the agreement that we had is that he was paying he was paying rent before he bought his first house. Yeah. Um, the rent that he was paying us, we we put into a saving scheme for him. Um, he didn't. He didn't know of this until the time came that he he mentioned to me actually on one occasion that he wanted to move out and rent. He was going to go and rent with some friends. Yeah. And it was at that time that I said, "Look, you know, don't do this, mate. You've got um, you've actually got some money behind you because I've been saving the rent that you've uh-huh. been paying." Right. Um, and he used that as a deposit to buy his first place. That's what I call um, great parenting. But that's very yeah, good. But then, but you're not then, doing that now, though, are you? Well, no, because obviously the secret's out. It's the same with his sister. We had the same agreement with her. Now, he's, he's come back to us uh, living at home again because of, as, as, as Sam explained, his circumstances. Um, but he's, he's under the understanding now that I'm not taking the rent fr- from him, but I'm trusting him that he's saving see, money each month. Thing. So that he, you he's, don't think so? He's probably spending it all in a bar somewhere. Well, you know, no, you I really think, think he's saving money. absolutely the right thing. And if more parents were like you, then we would be in a better place because you're, you're actually teaching your kids to be good with money. And you're saying that, you know, stay here. We will do this for you. But we're yeah, investing they're, they're... in you long term. You've got to you've got to play your, your, your role there and invest back by saving that money to get on your own two feet. So when the time comes, do you know what? My mum did yeah. that with me. She When she looked, helped me look after my first son when I went back to work, I paid her exactly the same fees as I would do at a nursery, but she helped out. And the whole point of yeah. it was that she wanted me to get used to paying that kind of money when the time came. But also, when the time came, she gave me a load of money back. And I thought that was a lovely yeah. thing to do. I, 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 really, I really feel for the kids that haven't got that support these days because... I think without a leg up of some description from your folks, you, you know, you are really going to struggle in the world unless you can get a fantastic job that's paying telephone numbers. And, and let's be honest, they're there. Yeah, but that's, the, that, but that's the point, isn't it? That's the incentive, Stuart, to get a better job, to make more money in order to get yourself up on in life. And if you continue to be able to be rescued by your parents all the time, that's not going to happen. Mm. But I, I think I... it's a two different sets of parents, though, Stuart. Sorry to interrupt you there, but you're talking about the golf club kind of membership parents that keep on paying for the lovely top-of-the-range cars and all that jazz, mobile no, phone really. bills. That's a different set to what Stuart is no. setting out here. He's setting yeah, out about how he's supporting his children in a very modest but supportive way. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you the name of a good lawyer for when you need to evict him, Stuart. <laughs> it's about to be a time when that comes around, a couple of years from now. But yeah. listen, appreciate your time. You should be very proud of Sam. He's a great guy. Uh, thank you very much for coming on the show, Stuart. Uh, they're telling us uh, how, I, I just think how the, nice. But yeah, but the point is... The rest is that, of the world you know, doesn't have the black like you do, yeah, mate, but No, but you reckon, right, that you know, people always say to me, oh, you're, you've always had money. I haven't always had money. I yeah. used to have no money at all. My parents had no money. Yep. Didn't give me any money, right? Yep. I had to go out to New York on my own, literally with 100 bucks. Yep. Okay, I had a girlfriend who was able to put me up in her apartment but you know that didn't last very long as you can imagine so in the end you know i had to go out and find myself money get myself organized get myself an apartment and that's how you become responsible i don't disagree you don't I, go, I was a self-starter you know, ring your mum up and go oh, can I have some money i was a self-starter i got out there and you know started all kinds of different ways of earning money in order to, i was working in nightclubs clearing up toilets i was serving on bars i was collecting glasses i, I was doing all kinds of horrible of jobs to earn money in, in order for me to stand on my own two feet the point of the matter yeah, is, the point is it you was did it a lot 
Yeah, I did. But I would say, I'd argue, it was a lot easier there. No, it wasn't. I got no, one job one week, didn't rubbish. like it. I go and get another job the next. Do you next. know how much I made in the first job that I got? I bet there was lots of opportunity, though. No. I bet there was. No, there wasn't. £6,000 a year. Yeah. Right? Six grand a year. Mine was 16000 My first job was £16,000. Yeah. So you're telling me that the equivalent job now is not worth exactly about the same as that? I was able to live in a flat in Chiswick on that money. The wage growth has not matched the yeah. price of rent growth and house yeah. growth. No, it, it has, has. not. It, absolutely not. We're going to get we an expert live, on this no. show at some point to tell you how you so wrong expert. you are. I'm already an expert. You are wrong you on this issue. One. Massively wrong on you this issue. You don't need an expert. Well, you know, you, you know, my daughter rents a flat, okay? She did rent a flat before. She's rented many flats. I've rented them for her in some cases when she came over and didn't oh, have so the money. Oh, you're doing what she was doing to no, Sam then? No, I gave money to her boyfriend who ended up uh, never paying it back you to me. You spend all of your goner. time to moaning about your kids costing you a fortune. They do. And they are t- they are old enough to be paying for themselves. So why are you... Oh, what, you're, you want my, what, you want my 14-year-old paying for his own flat now, do you? No, I'm talking about those in their 20s. Yeah. So you're doing exactly the same... Or well, like the other one, I only it. pay for his lawyer fees for, you know, <laughs> when he gets into trouble. You that's know, a whole new I conversation. Not, yeah, that's a different conversation. I don't pay for him to live in a flat. I wouldn't do that because it's not good for him. Yeah, but you just said that you've occasionally helped your daughter out in terms of a flat. So you're, you're kind of... You no, know. I helped her out when she first came to this country. I've never given her any money since then. Does she have access to your credit card, Mike? She has a copy of my American Express card, which she uses only in emergencies. She doesn't pay her flat rent for it. How much is an emergency? Uh, well, she, yeah, well, I'd rather she took an Uber home than stat- stood at a bus stop in the middle of London so at I. midnight. Okay? But you're proving your point that that's Why? good parenting. That's not, you're well, helping out where you feel she needs help. I'm helping out where she needs it, but yeah. I don't pay for her rent. And if she lived with me, I would make her pay rent. <laughs> Although when she did live with me, I didn't make her pay rent. So that's rubbish, actually. <laughs> you're talking a load of old coppers, <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> This is Talk Radio. Now, Prime Minister's Questions is ongoing. It seems to be, funnily enough, mostly about the NHS so far to date. It appears that Jeremy Corbyn is kind of trying to get out of Theresa May exactly why they're wasting so much money on private contractors and outsourcing uh, at the NHS and uh, exactly how much money that is and that is costing. Uh, we'll bring you news on that, of course, uh, as soon as we have it. What, with, what they're not talking about is Boris Johnson's uh, uh, quotes this morning in which he said he'd quite like to have a Brexit plane because the plane that he wants to use to fly around the world, uh, p- pushing his particular Brexit agenda, he says, uh, is always unavailable because it seems to be being used by the royal family and senior members of the cabinet. Well, I thought he was a senior member of the cabinet. Doesn't it's, he get first dibs on it? It's used, really, by the Prime Minister. I've been on that plane about 15 times. Yeah, uh, this is the grey RAF Voyager Voyager. Jet. The Voyager is nowhere near as plush as anybody makes out it is. Right. The seats at the back of the plane are Aer Lingus recycled seats. Are they? Yep. What sort of plane is it? Is it like a sort of... So it's a passenger plane. Oh, yeah, it's I'm... not like an old um, Hercules. Well, it can of... refuel. And I've been in the air while we've refueled jets. Really? Um, uh, you know, to show us how it's done, basically. Right. But okay. So it's a refueling plane. So when it's not being used by the Royal Family, and it's not being used but by the Prime not, Minister. Is it a, cargo? It's not it a, cargo is a plane, fully is it? no, it's a fully working plane which okay. refuels out in various different countries like Afghanistan and elsewhere. So he can't get his hands on it for, for a couple of reasons. Probably because the Prime Minister is not that keen on gifting it. So, right. You know, you give it to, give it to one, then mm. another one wants it, right. then another one wants well, it. Well, to be fair, he is the foreign and, secretary, and they all want it. No, but I mean, he's as the foreign secretary more likely to need it to travel abroad than anybody else. I mean, if you're the Home Secretary, you don't need a plane. Well, if you're the International Development Secretary, you need a plane because nah. you're always out of the country. Well, if you you're pretty Patel, um, you don't need a plane so much as just a sort of a, a, an escort, really. Well, she's not there anymore. No, is I know she? that. So she's I know the that. Lovely, I can see her on the front bench right now. The lovely Penny Morden. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, so, okay, this is a very unpopular argument, right? But I think he has a point. Yes, I do too, We actually. look ridiculous when we turn up yeah. uh, to these state occasions. We look like the piddly little England that people think we are. Yeah. Because our plane, our RAF Voyager, 
when you park it next to Air Force One, yes. it looks like Lego. Yeah. He has two planes, right? He has one for his cargo. Yeah. So all of his cars and his staff and his guns, right? right? And he has another plane which he has a cinema in it. He's got Marine One as well, which is a helicopter, isn't it? Yeah, he has a cinema in yeah. it. He has uh, you know, a shower in it. has all this kind of thing. The Voyager, I'll tell you where Theresa May gets dressed, yeah. okay? She gets dressed with between two bits of curtain that's held together by so washing pegs. Washing pegs. That's not good. And every now and then, the washing peg pings off and you get an eyeful. And so that she used to either. say to me, Katie, stand there, stand there, <laughs> make sure no one can get in while I'm getting changed, right. okay? It is really the bog, the pound land of planes. And would that be a plane that's also full of journos who are being taken off yes. somewhere? Yes, so there are the I mean, It says here that basically he's, uh, he's made these comments uh, while he's on a five-day tour of Latin America. He's been travelling by commercial flights and taking a variety of airlines going between Peru, Argentina and Chile. I mean, he really shouldn't have to do that. And do you know what? It's commercial flights. It's expensive. So yeah. it's not that much uh, more expensive to get your own plane, right? right? First of all. Secondly, you have to stick with their timetable. So your whole travel arrangements are based on the fact you've got to be at the airport a couple of hours before yeah. to stick with their timetable, sit there with everyone and else. And if there's no lounge, you can't just sit in you, the open air. Well, you do. You? You're sitting there in open air. Would anybody come up to you and chat to chat away to you? When you're crazy. trying to do your work. You're trying to read your, com- your uh, very confidential paperwork. Yeah. And then you've got to, you know... You're, and you might have to make confidential phone calls. Absolutely. So it's really... No other country would really do this. Yeah. It's We don't do it because well, we cannot bear to give anyone something that looks like luxury. And, and I understand that. Well, they used to call Air Miles Andrew, Air Miles Andrew, didn't they? Prince Andrew, because he was always on a plane. But the trouble is, you're quite right. I think, and I, and I agree with you on this, I think we should have an official plane for the Foreign Secretary. If he's going to go abroad, even if they just paint it up for one tour... And then they give it back to somebody and then they paint it up again for the next tour. I think that would make sense even if they leased it, you know? Exactly. Because you can lease a private jet. Well, loads of business people yeah. uh, around the world do exactly Friends that. Friends of mine took a private jet to Bilbao for a stag do because there was enough of them. And I think between 20 of them, they rented a Learjet and, and they all paid something like two grand a piece. But can you imagine the news headlines? It would be private Learjet luxury. But he so, could pay know, for himself if once, he had to. Once you look at... Couldn't he? Mm, yes and no. But once you look at... You actually look at... The price of the commercial flights for you, your staff, yeah. it's not that much more expensive no. at all. You're, you're really saving face for publicity reasons. And funnily enough, Britain now, financial reasons. Britain now and many other parts of Europe have got many more private jets on hire, for hire, for, for one-offs, because of the fact that all the footballers use them. You know, Sergio Aguero had a day off, and instead of going down the pub like they used to, he took a private jet to Amsterdam to watch a concert. Good and then got him. himself in a car he crash, it. flew back. Yeah, but that's the point. But there's so many private jets now that you could just rent for the day or rent for a week. Why doesn't he do that? Because it wouldn't be seen to be right. And the, the public would be freaking See, out. The ridiculous. newspapers would be freaking out, yeah. even though financially it doesn't make that much difference no. at all. Right. So we should be making that judgment on economics, i.e. Mm. the price of and the time frame you need to go on a commercial flight versus... Yeah. The speed and the confidentiality in the way you can work, yeah. the value for the, you know the day that you put in. I mean, maybe there's the private. other problem though. I suppose if you're renting jets, then and if you're in somewhere like South America, I mean, you don't know whether or not the Colombian drug cartel has got some kind of listening device on there, which is going to listen to everything you say. Exactly. I mean, you know, uh, uh, watching too one, many one of the things they, well, no, 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 no. One of the things we were always told at uh, the UN and other places, which was don't get on anybody else's plane right. because that's bugged. Okay. And they're they're going to invite you on their plane for a yeah. drink. And that whole point of that is yeah. to, to listen to, you to know, listen to what you've got to say. To listen to what you've mm. got to say. So never Tricky. go on anybody else's plane. Okay. I went on Rod Stewart's plane once. What about that? I don't, that think, right? I don't think it's bugged that. You don't think so? That sounds a very cool that thing was to a do. Very Much cool more cool than me hanging out It was out a very cool thing to do. One of the great days of my life, actually. But that's another story. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. 
If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.